0: Hi, Mama Doc friends. It's Laura. I'm so happy and excited to bring you yet another podcast. This is season three, episode two, now under our newly minted Mama Docs Power or Empower podcast, um, inspiring stories of mother physician runners. Um, Today, I had the pleasure of talking with Dr. Patricia Colapietro. She's a neurologist, Um, living in Ohio, originally from Brazil. She is a really inspiring, interesting story. Um, She grew up in Brazil, went to medical school there, um, had a baby during uh, medical school, and then ended up um, meeting her husband, Ryan, and emigrating here. And they've expanded their their clan now to four kids. And um, again, she is so inspiring, balancing her running, her mothering, um, her career, and just has a wonderful, positive, infectious um, energy about her. So please enjoy my conversation with Patricia. Hello. Hey,
1: can you hear me? I can. Yay! <laughs> How are you, Patricia? I'm good, Laura Lee. Hi, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for making time for us.
2: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! This uh, is I'm awesome. Excited. I feel special. I feel so honored. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, first, I, I want to welcome you, Dr. Patricia Colapietro. Did I say that right?
0: Yes, you did.
1: <laughs> and um, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm. Um, it's my admin day, and you know, yesterday was a very late day, so I am giving myself this hour just for
1: you. Oh, wow! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> are you like, are you at work, or did you, are you at home, or do you do your admin? I'm admin? at home.
2: Yeah, I'm at work. I feel like I'm more efficient if I come to work to do my admin time.
1: Yeah, totally. I know. When I'm at home, I just, yeah, I don't get anything done. Um, You are a neurologist, is that right? Yes, I'm an adult neurologist. Okay. And you're, actually, you tell me where you live, because I always stop people's you know, Facebook pages. And I'm like, I don't
2: know. I think it's Ohio, but I'm not sure. It is. It yes. is. It We're is. In I, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I stalked you on Facebook last night too. Cause I was like, Oh, well, I need, I need to know a little bit more. I'm not going to be so embarrassed. Um,
1: so no, I, know. You don't have to know about me. I'm supposed to know about you. And um, I was just saying, you know, like, usually I go through old posts, but honestly, I don't have um, a whole lot of posts to go by. I
2: know. My recent posts have been, like, just sharing stuff that you're seeing everywhere because we're all screaming the same thing. But yeah, so I am from Brazil, but we live in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, because my husband is from Ohio. And of course, Ohio is the most amazing state in the United States. So we live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and work at the Cincinnati VA.
1: Awesome. What kind of, so you're at the VA. So are you a full time, you know, mom, and you do everything you work like eight to six every day? Or what does your week look like?
2: No, it's an awesome schedule. I am full-time, but we do like this compressed schedule. So I do four 10-hour shifts. So it's, and my admin time is included in one of those days. Oh, nice. So Tuesday, yeah, it's very nice. Tuesday, I'm off, off. And then Saturdays and Sundays, I'm off, off. And because it's a compressed schedule, I only see patients, you know, doing like eight of those hours. I always have time to try and finish stuff. So um, I do not bring work home, period. I don't even bring the laptop home. I completely separated like work from you know life at home. um I just got here last November before that I was with University of Cincinnati, so in academia, and I was constantly working from home, and that's been a big, awesome career shift and Then I take calls. there are only four neurologists, so um, it turns out to be like a whole, you know, the year divided by four, whatever it might be. I think I'm doing 14 weeks, um, and we do two weeks in a row. But I am still a professor with UC, so we have the residents and the medical students, and they do rotate here. So even when I'm on call, I'm not here. Like, I'm, you know, I come and I round, and I'm available 24-7 on the phone, but they are actually the ones here doing the hard work.
1: That's amazing. What I mean, that must have been a big scary step to change jobs, but that sounds like it really worked out for you.
2: It definitely did. Yes, it's kind of it's we did our um, residency here, so we did couples match and we finished our residency. Uh, we did our residency at UC. Ryan is on the season and I'm Nero, and then I automatically just stayed with UC, took two months off and stayed as a professor with UC full time. So it was hard to leave because you just feel so comfortable. It's like, oh, you know everything and you know everybody. And, you know, it was hard to leave. But at the same time, I rotated through the VA when I was a resident here. So I knew that I was going to be working with this amazing colleagues. I love the other three tremendously. Um, the chief of the department was actually one of my mentors and it just felt very, you know, it still felt very easy. Like, oh, I know, like, I, you know, I was there in 2013, so
1: I, I kind of feel very familiar with it. So it was, yeah, it was hard, but like not that hard. Awesome. And what your husband's anesthesia, you said, um, what does he do? Like what kind of schedule does he have?
2: Oh, he's also compressed. So he does, uh, four 10s. Um, since COVID has started, they had to change everything and they are doing a different schedule. But it used to be that Thursday was always his day off. Um, so it, it worked out very well for us as a family because Tuesday I'm always off, Thursday he's always off. So our kids have, you know, at least two days a week that they are not at school like from six thirty in the morning to six thirty at night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you have four kids. Is that is that right?
2: I do. That's I have four. Crazy. Gorgeous, <laughs>
1: smart,
2: um, so plain. They're not any kids level yet or your kids level because I stalked to you on Facebook, so I know your kids <laughs> have instruments and they're all gifted. But yes, I have four. Yes.
1: Yeah. Tell me about them because um, they span like the whole gamut of, of like ages, um, three girls and yeah. a boy. So tell me about all of them. So let's start from the oldest one
2: yes so i needed a gap to make sure i wanted to no i'm joking (laughs) so i have um i have louisa she's she's 20. she's at uc because i have tuition remission so all my little kids are gonna be staying at uc forever close to home (laughs) um she's 20 she's graduating biology in december because she's in a hurry, and she just took her MCAT, so she wants to go to medical school and be a physician. She's just um beautiful and so tough and so smart um has have a big gap between Louisa. I had Louisa right before i uh, right after I graduated from medical school so um after Louisa I have easy she's eleven. Um, so she's in seventh grade. Um, the sweetest, of course, gorgeous, smart, and everything else kid <laughs> just started running cross country because she's been forced to. But I think she's. I think there's potential. I think she's enjoying it. Um, then we have Juliana. Juliana is eight, and she's in third grade. Um, she's yeah. She's she's something. She's hilarious. She's awesome definitely going to be the litter of something and hopefully something for good um and then we have Rocco our surprise baby um the only boy in the house and he's in first grade he's seven and he's the sweetest he has four moms we all spoil him rotten um but he's yeah he's he's the sweetest I have those three girls who can be so like Oh my gosh they're monsters sometimes and my son is the sweetest so it's fine yeah because you have a boy and two girls right I so do to,
1: Yeah. I, and I always joke like I should have should have had one more and I'm like you know so envious of people who have four kids like it really you know I should have figured out a way it was like my life's dream but then my husband always says, well, if you had four, you'd be like, oh, I should have had five. So um, maybe it's just, like, one of those things, like, just the one more child that, um, you know, that I'm always yearning. But, like, that's amazing. You had babies for, I don't know, 15 years. 20 days. years, basically. Yeah, 20 <laughs> years.
2: It feels like it. Now I can tell you I feel like I'm done, yes. <laughs>
1: that's so interesting. If you, if you don't mind me asking, did you know that you were going to have more kids after your first kid? Because, you know, nine, yeah, 11 years? No, yeah. nine years. Nine years is a real, it's a, like, substantial gap, and you were very busy, so I'm sure that was part of the issue.
2: Yeah, no, so it's interesting because, like, I had her, so I went to medical school and all that in Brazil, right? So it's medical school, residency, fellowship, jobs, like, everything in Brazil. And I had Louisa. I wasn't really married to Louisa's dad. We were together for a short okay. period of time, but then... Got it. Um, But we, you know, we had this awesome, never anything in the paper, but um, basically co-parented her with our huge families and um, was never in my plans to move. Before I had her, I wanted to have a bunch of kids. And then I had one kid and I said, oh, heck no, that's it. One kid is enough. This is too much work. But then I met Ryan, who didn't have any kids, and at the very beginning, it was kind of like, um, this is kind of a deal breaker, because I want to have kids, and we're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can reconsider, yeah, and that's when, and it was like, well, we have one, and then we had each, and I was like, well, we're going to try for a boy, and then we had Juju, and then... Oh, we're so done. And then, surprise, we had Rocco. Got it. And So we were, kind of, oh, God, we're so done. Yes, we're yes. so done. I, I I, guess I don't know, like, how to prevent these things. In your experience <laughs> as an OBGYN, like,
1: yes. what should yeah. I do? I don't <laughs> know. You, you just have them. Um yeah, you you can just have them. Just keep on populating the world with your beautiful kids and, and we won't complain about that. So
2: <laughs> Oh my gosh. No. And and the funny thing is like I love Myobee, I really, really do. Um, she's so patient with me. I love her. But um I like three of my pregnancies were completely unplanned and she probably looks at me like you're so dumb. Like, how can you be so dumb? And I hate being pregnant. I'm the worst pregnant person in the world. You think that for someone that hates pregnancy, four, you know, like having more than one is a miracle. So the joke is that, like, it's just because I hate being pregnant that I only have four. Because if yeah. I liked that, you'll probably have 11 kids. Yeah. Uh,
1: that's just, I actually, I hate pregnancy too. And if you look Are at you oh, I hate it. I mean, it's just, it like, I used to, um, I used to approach it like a marathon, to be honest with you. I'm like, okay, it's just a short period of time. You just have to suck it up. And that, you know, after you're done, you'll be so happy about it. But, like, the actual getting through it kind of just – sucks so I just had that mindset like it, it'll it just be awesome when you're done so oh my gosh yeah. and That's- you are OB I can't believe that oh, yeah. I hate it and then the other joke is also like if you look at my children you would assume that maybe my last child who's five years younger than the other two was kind of like the accident but she actually wasn't it was the first one that was kind of the accident because I had him during residency and I like didn't I don't know. I don't know what I was doing with my birth control. I was like taking three. T- it's like taking three pills at a time, and then take a week break, and another. Like I'd be like, did I take this? Like I, I'm like, I'm not sure. I don't know what day it is. Like I will just take a couple today, and I'm like, that's not how it works. Like that's how I thought it works. If like the more pills you take on one day, the less you'll get pregnant. So, clearly, oh my god, really tell
2: good. me. Did you share that with your patients yeah. that they would uh, feel better when it was an expected pregnancy? I was like, I messed up too. It's okay. You're yes, not stupid. I do tell,
1: well. I kind of tell them as a you know cautionary tale. Listen, if you're not a good pill taker, or if you're not in a good place in your life to take pills, maybe yeah. you can think about something different. Because here's my almost seventeen year old son, um, and he's gorgeous and wonderful. But oh <laughs> it my god, part of the life plan at that point. So that is hilarious. But honestly,
2: from 3 to 4, I don't think there's a big difference because then you're like, "Eh, whatever, they kind of know what to do." Yeah. So maybe you should go for 4. Oh, oh, Can you yeah. still convince your husband or no? That yes. It's it's a no deal. No. Well,
1: I'm like I'm I'm like way over the it would be it would take a miracle at this point. But um <laughs> like if it had been maybe yeah, 4 or 5 years ago like maybe because my youngest is the same as um juliana she's eight okay and uh, part of the reason i wish i had had four is that she is so much younger she doesn't have like a playmate like no one no one wants to play with her no one's like her age like the others are teenagers Uh and they kind of look at her as like the baby and she's very um especially during this pandemic she's so sh- social she needs to like talk to someone <laughs> everyone's yeah. like hey, shut up go in the corner don't play you know we don't play with you so. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh she would be such good
2: friends with someone I was just looking at her pictures she seems like a little you know
1: yeah she's very like sweet. full of
2: energy and
1: personality she little t- thing yeah, she, totally she totally is she totally is um tell mm-hmm. us about your running when did that start yeah,
2: so I knew you were going to ask that, so I actually have to look back and say, oh, my God, like, when did all start? So I have to say, I don't know if you ever heard about it, but there is this marathon. There's a whole weekend event in Cincinnati. It's called the Flying Pig. Yes, I don't yes, know. Yes, have you yes. heard about
1: it? Yep. Yeah. A lot of our have, have been to the event, and they have lots of different races right it's not just a marathon and yes yes so it
2: is so they have like a 1k um, that's sponsored by a beer company on friday and then saturday they have 5k 10k um the dog race they have 26 miler for the kids so you log 25 miles in the year and then you do a mile with your child at the real finish line they have pig abilities for like special needs any age um, and then Sunday they have the full and the half, so we had moved here i I would run, but i 've always liked like going to the gym or playing sports. I never really really you know I would run eventually but it 's not like i didn 't know anything about races i didn 't know any of that stuff and Ryan always ran, and then when we moved here, our elementary school starting in fourth grade, they have a running club um, that meets every Wednesday, so the kids stay after school for, um, I think, for fifth and sixth grade, and is run by the teachers, all volunteer bases, and at the end, they get to run the Fine Pig as a team, and they have their special shirts, and then after the 5K Fine Pig, they come to school with the medals and the shirts and stuff, so Louisa started running that, and then um, we had moved here the first year, I think, was just internship hell, So the second year, Ryan and Louisa ran, and I was super pregnant. And it was the first time that I went to a race. Like, you know, there's just the the whole thing. And I was, like, so fascinated. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. And I was yelling at everybody and cheering for everybody. (laughs) Maybe I cried. I don't even remember. But I was pregnant, so I probably blame it on pregnancy. And then I said, no, we're definitely going to do this every year. So that's kind of how it started. So I did the 2013. I did the 10K. And that was, like, last year of residency um, with, you know, Juliana was super small. Like, she was um, she was running to Y, and this is May the following year. I didn't run a single day to prepare for the 10K. <laughs> because I could only exercise, like, at 3.30 in the morning, and we didn't have the treadmill anymore. So I did um, the online – oh, my gosh, what's the name of that guy from Beachbody? Oh, gee. Um uh, whatever crazy insanity insa- I, bought, oh my I was like,
0: gosh i did that i too. did
2: insanity yeah you did i
0: did i did that
1: um <laughs> it literally i did it for like almost a year after i had london and it i will like it was the first time i did any resistance training i mean there was no you know weights or anything but i did insanity that's so funny yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, because I was like, well, let me think. Like realistically, it should take me like one hour, so I need to do something
2: for one hour that I know I'm not gonna die. Um, so yeah, that was that was how I trained for that 10k. And then once I did that, I was hooked. Then every single race they have in Cincinnati you know we'll we'll sign up for and we'll go and the flying pig just became you know the kids started at a certain age that they could go so easy went fourth and fifth and sixth grade with her um well sixth grade was this last year and they canceled um and then the other kids did the little ones so we just go and it's just basically just because of the flying pig yeah
1: awesome do you always do like the 10k is that your distance
2: no, so I don't even know, like, I think it was the 10K a couple of times, and then we decided, um, Louisa wanted to do, at that time, I think she was already in high school, and she wanted to do the half, and we said, okay, we'll sign up, and we'll do our first half as a family, because Ryan had never done a half either, so then we did the half, and then I was like, oh, this is amazing, this is so cool, and I really liked the half, and then I think we were teasing each other one day and said let's do a marathon and everybody's like no mom you can never do a marathon that's crazy you're gonna die and everybody was just discrediting me so <laughs> and I think at that time I had one of my he monk friends was at mama docs and said no you need to go on this group because you learn so much about running you're all wrong like you know you don't know the shoes and you don't know anything so she kind of um, I joined, and I was like, Oh my gosh, those are normal people doing what, <laughs> so I think it was kind of you know like, i don 't know it 's a very enabling community, yes
1: <laughs> enabling. so then- yeah,
2: so then I was, I was like let 's check that box from my bucket list, and then i 'll do a full um so I did a flying pig and and um yeah, but I, and then I did between flying pigs, you know the half or the full and then i got hurt did the 10k again after i bounced back from i had to get like um knee surgery just for a meniscal tear so coming back i did the 10k and then last year which was like the big meetup here that i was like oh my gosh i'm actually gonna meet this um i my husband jokes with like my imaginary friends like yeah. you know the, yeah. the virtual friends my imaginary friends yeah so I was like i'm gonna meet my imaginary friends. <laughs> And I got hurt, um, four weeks before the marathon. It was, um, I had like a gastroc, um, lesion and I ran half and then I saw someone with the, um, flying pig mama, mama dog shirt. It was Kathleen Adams, who is ridiculous. Like she runs so much and she's amazing. So we basically walked the end she was nursing some kind of ankle injury if I remember correctly and we drank all the shots we ate all the snacks we <laughs> did all the fun stuff and it was so much fun it was we just had so much fun wow. yeah
1: that's amazing oh my gosh that was just like a happenstance that you saw her like on the course and you both were kind of in the same walk run mentality because of your injuries what a special memory that's
2: awesome it was really cool and she happens to be Nero too so we had and she has four kids so it was just I don't know it's just you know when it it just clicks and we're just like talking nonstop, and it was just I don't think I I probably would have quit if I um if I hadn't met her and I met her so the interesting thing is that like the course goes to I think the last eight miles Are really close to my house so the joke is always like it's not really a joke it's like a backup plan it's like hey if i quit just go pick me up and go get my car so that's where i saw her and i was like ah this is a sign i'm not gonna quit i'm gonna go with her that's
1: so (laughs) you know the things
2: we tell ourselves to like make sense
1: but it doesn't really make sense right 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 no that's so awesome so did you i hope you didn't get like severely injured after that like you were okay or did you need more surgery after that
2: (laughs) no no that one was just a gastroenterologist I really um got hurt like four weeks before and I was the best patient for rehab um with PT and stuff because I really wanted to do something at the pig and then I was like, you know, I already paid for it, and I'm already going to get the medal. So crawling, you know, rolling, someone push me. I'm just going to finish it. It doesn't matter. Um, And it's my city. So worst case scenario, they close the course. I'll go to the sidewalk, and I'll walk the darn thing. Yeah. So, yeah, but I was literally, like, I, up to the morning, I was debating. I was like, no, I know I'm going to go. Maybe I would just go and cheer for the girls because I knew there was going to be, I think there were, like, 20 of us or something. I was like, I'll cheer for the girls. My husband was in the half. I'll cheer for him, and I won't really run. And then when I parked the car and I was like, no, that's stupid. I'm just going to do it. So I literally, like, I, I think I was the last one to start, you know, when I, when you go in through those little Um, little carpet things with the electronic stuff to say that you're starting. They were starting to peel those off. Like they were already cleaning up stuff. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like (laughs) Like sprinting to get started. People looking like, why is she sprinting? Does she know that she has a long way to go? Right.
1: So how long do you even know what your time was? like
2: (laughs) For this one, yes. Because I am so proud of it. It was like six hours and twenty
1: something nice. minutes or something like that. That's actually yeah. not bad for a walk run. Are you kidding me? You must have been power walking through through your, your walks. I- <laughs>
2: I don't know because we drank a lot of drinks, so there's some stuff that I don't remember. Like, it's such you know weird thing because you're like strangers are giving you shots and you're drink. When is that normal,
1: Laura? I don't know. I don't know. That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Did you? So the... was that your second marathon? Because you did the like yes. the pig before that. I
2: did. So the the time that I really did the peg, and you know, in retrospect, I did all the mistakes that now when I hear you guys talking about, it was like, what? What is a wall? What? Yeah. Oh, okay, now I know. Um, I did, and it was five hours and twenty minutes, and I was very happy with it. Yeah, and, and I was like, you well. Know, I think there is potential to like. That's what I think. One day I would like to do um, a full in less than five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there is potential, but I I do keep it very sexy. I like to be happy when I run. Yeah. I don't like to be in pain or, <laughs> you know, not push myself, especially in the races. I I like high five everybody um there's a place that is like a um, assisted living building that they have all these old old folks that they line them up and i take pictures with them and i there's a um mile 22 there was a um basketball college kid here that died with a uh, brain tumor It's lauren hill so they have like 22 for her so in mile 22 you just shoot the is it shoot? I don't even know the basketball yeah. thing. I always mess <laughs> it up, and I don't do it anyway. So I just have fun. Yeah. and But I was like, you know, one day maybe I'll get and, – and the peak has hills. Like, yeah. there's some big hills. Yeah. So, like, maybe one day I'll go. Like, I think Indiana is pretty flat. Indianapolis is pretty flat. I was like, maybe one day I'll do one that I'll
1: think, like, can I do five or less? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I'll be happy. <laughs> In your week, like, um, when do you run and how often do you run? Like, do you have to get up, like, super early or you just kind of fit it in when you have to?
2: So it depends. So I I'm, I know it sounds so weird and stuff, but I just need to have something on a paper to say, okay, this is, you know, check the box. Otherwise, probably like everybody else, life gets in the way, right? Works want something, kids want something. So what I'm doing now, and I'm, I get bored with stuff, too. So I did the run, um, run last, run fast for yeah, yeah. the last yeah, marathon. Yeah. I really like that. I cannot run every day. I, I think it's very hard for me to run every day and find the time or even, yes, um, and not be injured, you know, just like, oh, every day I'm running. Um, people that keep it sexy, like us. <laughs> with the slower yeah. paces when you have your long run yeah. it's like a full day commitment yeah. it's Like that's what yeah, you're doing so um what i'm doing now there's like the peloton app i don't have the treadmill i just do the outdoors app um it's like an 18 week program so basically i run four to five days and then the other days i'm being very strict with doing the strength and i'm doing yoga four or five times a week but um I was waking up at super early, five in the morning. Um, Kathy Lowden, who is a sweetheart, was like, started texting and saying, let's do five in the morning. Yeah. We text each other and, you know, hold each other accountable. But now five in the morning is Ohio. In Ohio, it's like 40 degrees, super dark. Yeah. So it's been, yeah. So now it's been a little bit more of a challenge. So. But at least those four days a week, I'm consistently running. And then for the strength and yoga, it's all at home anyway. Yeah. I'm not going to the gym at all. So that I, I wake up early and I get that done. Yeah. yeah. But It is cold over there. You're in New York, right? Yeah. So you're in the same. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's dark.
1: It's depressing. It's getting cold. Yeah. It's not my not my favorite. And you're from Brazil. So you like it hot, I'm guessing. So.
2: Oh, God, I love it hot. I'm already like, when I hear people, it's the crisp fall. I love the colors of fall. All I see is like winter's coming. That's exactly right. (laughs) I hate it. I think I remember that because someone like stalking you on Facebook. I think Annie was the one saying something like, that. "You like heat, right? You like hot." I love hot. I love
1: hot. Ah. I love it like sweaty and beachy and like ninety degree weather. I will go run outside. I it's actually too cold right now to. Run. I wear gloves in like fifty degree weather. Like my hands get cold. Like it just well for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you Brazilian? Maybe I'm Brazilian. I, I, don't know. I think I'm part Brazilian. Um, I'm definitely gonna move <laughs> to a beach one day, but um you know, yeah. That yeah.
2: is awesome. That is totally my dream. Yeah. And if you're looking about an island for the mom runners, let's just do yes. it. Yeah, I joke too because I know, like, my husband's from Ohio. He's very like Ohio and proud. And, you know, we were first in Pensacola, then Atlanta, then Cincinnati. He's from up north, like closer to the lakes in the Cleveland area. They said, dude, I stopped here. My people do not survive colder <laughs> than this. I am not going to move. This is as southern Ohio as yes. it gets. Yes. I will not move up. I am done. Um, you can go. I'm here. I'll stay behind. <laughs> it's Okay. No, I, I love it. I love it hot when everybody's complaining of the heat and we're sweaty. Yeah. like, yes, I love
1: it. In a normal, like, universe, do you guys travel to Brazil to visit family? Or do you have family there? Like, do you, are your kids have, have been to Brazil um, and things?
2: Yeah, we went last year. So my whole family is there. Because coming to the States for me was a big fluke. Like, it was never my plan. Like, it wasn't the plans. I have one brother that lives in California, complete coincidence, just because he was transferred from his work when he was, like, 19 or 20. So my whole family is in Brazil. All my friends are in Brazil. And it is a huge family. Oh, I cuss. Sorry. It's a huge family. (laughs) You can cuss. You can cuss. (laughs) So... Okay. Sorry. No, you um, can. So, you yeah, can. Everybody the-
1: <laughs> definitely swear. <laughs> if you'd like to swear, Patricia, go ahead. Go right
2: ahead. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, you just lifted this weight. <laughs> I can breathe now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. So we did go, uh, we travel, we do like to travel a lot. And I think that's one of the bad things with this year and stuff, but we usually like um, to go to Rizzo is a big deal. Cause I, we definitely have to have at least two, two and a half weeks, because I have to visit everybody, I have to go to two different states, and and it's such a um, hassle to get there from Cincinnati that you basically lose, like, a whole day to get there and come back, right. so we finally went last year, we thought the kids were big enough that they would be able to, you know, kind of, like, walk in the airport with their carry-on, and, and, and like, we could actually enjoy, so we went last summer, not 2020 right 2019 and it was awesome and the plan is always to oh okay we'll come back maybe every other year and but now you know god knows yeah um when that's going to happen again yeah Yeah.
1: how is your family right now how's your family doing right now in brazil like with the outbreak and everything
2: yeah, well, Brazil is a show because it's worse than here in terms of, you know, yes. how things are going. But I think, I think kind of similar to some of the things I remember even listening to the podcast that you're sharing and stuff. So my family's in Sao Paulo, which is a huge city. We always compare it to like New York. So people live in those, you know, in the small apartments, right? Or you live in an apartment. So literally like you've been, I think they've been on for eight or nine months now, like, seven months, seven, eight months, I don't even know, I lost count, inside, like, so my mom's stuck in her apartment, thankfully, my younger brother lives two uh, blocks away, stuck in his apartment with the kids, and people just, you know, stuck, not even allowed to go out, I think now they can go out a little bit, everybody's doing the um, homeschooling, so they've been more strict, Um, but because it's, you know, the the big city is probably like what you went through being in in New York and stuff, yeah. But, I mean, they've been healthy. Um, my mom has all the risk factors. She's But we call her, like, Highlander. The woman is only going to die if someone cuts her head yeah. off. Because she's had, like, four cancers. She has Parkinson. She has all these things. So she's very cautious. And she's being very patient with the whole situation. Because her goal is to, um, she comes here and stays here three months at a time every year to help us out. So her goal is just to come and hang out with the grandkids and stuff. So it's been, yeah, I mean, it's been COVID shit show, but knock on wood, so far, everybody's been healthy.
1: Oh, thank God. I mean, there was um, there was a recent podcast on the the Daily Podcast. I don't know if you listened to it, but a couple of weeks ago, they were mm-hmm. just recounting what a shit show it's been in Brazil. It, you know, sort of similar to us, has a leader that doesn't believe in science and um, with the public health um, system that actually is is like state of the art and really really good but has been sort of um, I don't know yeah been plagued with these politics that politics has gotten so much into the management of coronavirus there it's just it's been a disaster so I feel like uh yeah, <laughs> I feel, it I feel is. very you're akin right. to the Brazilian people that they've been hold, held hostage by their by their politicians. Thank
2: you, sister. Yeah. Thank you. The Brazilians appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm pretty active with my group from medical school and residency and stuff. And, you know, it's the same horror stories that we hear here if you're on a hot spot and how it comes to the same thing. Like the people in charge are time and over Messing up more when you think that they couldn't mess up anymore. Hey, but wait, wait, wait. Right. <laughs> Let me do something else to mess it up. And um yeah, it's yeah, it's really, really bad. Yeah. But
1: I think well, and then he fired I don't know, the president fired the um whatever. The mm-hmm. health minister like a million times. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then he got yeah. it, I think, just like our president got it. Anyway, it was like it, He did, did, but it's
2: insane. Yeah, he did. He did is insane. And it's kind of very similar, you know, already COVID positive, coughing on people and um, holding the like public things without a mask, the same. I don't know. I was like, can you go back and rewind? But hey, no, they're going to mess it up again. I'm I'm sure he
1: called it a blessing from God, just like our president is. so
2: Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I don't even, yeah, but, you know, at least we have elections here in November. Yeah. Brazil is, yeah, we just elected him a couple of years ago, so we have to put up with him a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So bottom line is, if, you know, for is listening to the podcast, if you are unhappy with the way the U.S. is handling the situation, Google Brazil. <laughs> <and> it's going <gonna laughs> you, you go to gonna the bring podcast. you some joy. Yes. I mean, they made some- <laughs> this is my PSA. Yeah. Also, we need to say because I really I use the podcast for my long runs and I really appreciate it, Laura. Aww. Like it's really helpful. You're so sweet. Yes,
1: you're so sweet.
2: If anybody's running right now, come I on, know, yes. get your snitches together, God. run. Keep on
1: going one foot <laughs> in front of the other. Woo <laughs> I should get my cowbell out and start cheering.
2: You uh, yeah. should, you should yeah. do that, or that. You know, the podcast had interruptions, like no sponsors, are like yeah. no, we're going to interrupt <laughs> this moment because you should be right now turning around if this is your halfway oh, yeah. for you an hour. That's
1: really funny. It is. It's minute thirty six <laughs> on my on my timer here, so if you need to turn back, turn back now. Oh
2: no, yeah, um,
1: Patricia. I wanted to circle back if you wouldn't mind because um, we skipped over this, but you obviously are from Brazil and you came here at some point, um, as a single mom, is that right? You brought your daughter here to, and then were you in medical school? Like, tell us all about that. That sounds, you know, quite a journey, like a journey that many of us, you know, have not done, gone to a different country, um, not speaking, you know, well not speaking, but not your first language, studying medicine and having a young child by yourself. So that, um, that is really interesting.
2: Yeah, so I had Louisa because like I mentioned, I don't know how to avoid pregnancies clearly. So I had Louisa during my last year of medical school in Brazil. And it's different in Brazil because you go straight from um high school to you know, your college is going to be medical school if you want to be a physician, or you go to law school if you want to be a doctor, engineer and so far. So it's a six year program straight from college from um high school. And the last year and a half is internship. So I had her, um, and then I did my residency in Brazil, Um, I did PM&R, and then I did, um, I joined the military at that same time, and my clinical part of PM&R was with the military, Um, and then I did a fellowship in pain and palliative care, and I did a post-grading in traditional Chinese acupuncture, so like kind of like all over the place, but it all made sense for the practices that I had. Um, so I was there very happy with Louisa, um, had my super awesome job in the military, worked for a private prax- practice um, pain management clinic where I could do acupuncture, PMNR and pain and pain, um, and some hospice, not much, and moonlighting and, you know, living the life and everything is fine. My whole family's there. All my friends are there. Louisa's dad is there, so it's all good. Um, and then I being in the military, one day I got a call saying, um, well, um, I have so-and-so here, Colonel, so-and-so here, Colonel, so-and-so here, can you sit down? They need to talk to you. And I was like, oh shit, what did I do? So they basically told me, um, this 2006, July of 2006, well, the, um, U.S. military liaison office invited one physician, um, um, Infectious disease doctor to attend this two-month course where you're going to go to Bethesda, Maryland for two weeks, this military tropical medicine course, and then they divide the um, U.S. military physicians in different groups that go to different um, tropical places and a group's gonna to go to Brazil. Then you're gonna to go to the Amazon with the Brazil group because there was an infectious disease doctor that was supposed to go, but she's not going anymore. So you're going. You have two weeks, you're gonna get everything ready and you'll be gone for two months. And I was like, oh, I'm glad he told me to sit down because like, yeah, like I have to prepare, right? So I came, Louisa of course stayed home stayed back in brazil and i came and it's like a hundred different physicians from all the different branches of the military here and i was the only international one um so mind you, like i wasn't even supposed to be there someone bailed i'm not even an infectologist i have no idea what these people are talking about they're looking at me as like i'm an expert in leishmaniasis i'm like ah, sorry can't help and ryan was attending the same course because at that time he was in the u.s navy and he was preparing to start his flight surgery um training and it's mandatory to do this course and he was in the brazil group um so we became best friends and then we did like a long distance thing Mm. and um we did you know we we went to the Amazon together and stuff. And then I went back to Brazil, no plans to come to the States at all. But then he sent an email saying, Hey, remember me? I was like, Hey, how are you doing? So we did kind of like a long distance relationship thing until Christmas. He came to Brazil um, and spent, you know, Christmas, New Year's Eve, da, da, da. And then we kind of thought, well, where are we going to go from here? Um, basically, I hadn't even looked at into like how to, you know, get to your your medical degree to work in the states i had no idea how to do that so we kind of looked back saw everything that had to be done to do that and i was like well we can try so what happened was in february i moved in with him louisa stayed in brazil for four months and that was pretty hard um there was yeah she was six and it was something i had a ton of support because my parents are most amazing family, and then and Luis actually asked for that. He said, "You know, I'm okay because, of course, you know, even as I'm, my relationship with Ryan is going, I mean, I have a child with someone else that needs to be participating. You know, it may influence him, right? And and of course, his child. So he's very supportive. He said, "I, you know, trust you. I'm, I trust you to do what's best. But you're going to a different country." a different language, you're going to have to study to get all this stuff done in four months with this guy uh, that you don't even know, Um so I want her to stay, so she'll stay with me for those four months, and then if things go well, fine, great, you can take her as long as I have her every summer and every holiday, da-da-da, so she stayed, I did all that stuff, and I, you know, July, I was like oh, I'm supposed to go back so yeah and then we decided to get married very fancy we traveled to Vegas just the two of us I, uh, that
1: I saw <laughs> I did see that on Facebook the, a memory that you posted yes. that's very sweet
2: because we go there every year <gasps> to celebrate our anniversary and escape from the children <laughs> and, and we're like do we want to do this okay we do okay another year let's go yeah, so that's that's kind of how it went. So then Louisa came, and then I went back to Brazil. Um, Ryan went too. Like we spent the summer there, and then we brought Louisa back, and and that's that's pretty much it. And then um, shortly after that, we had Easy, which is you'd be so proud. We did plan that one. Hi. I planned one time. Hi. Yay! <laughs> So we had easy 'cause because um, Brian was getting deployed. He went to Iraq for eight months. So then that was fun, too, because I had just moved here. I'm pregnant. I have, a you know, adjusting seven-year-old child who barely speaks English. And bye. I'll be gone for eight months.
1: I'll see you later. <laughs> this is, like, so, yeah. literally the craziest story I've ever heard. Not crazy in it, like insane way it's but crazy it is so crazy. inspiring it's crazy Trisha. like I think of all the hardships quote unquote hardships I've had in my life it's just completely oh, you know, I compared to like what you've done no Trisha, don't say that.
2: That's crazy. no no First of all, nothing was really hard, right? because honestly, I put everything on hold in Brazil. If it didn't work out, I was going to go back and go back to the same awesome, perfect life I had before. I like a little adventure, let's say it's romantic and that kind of stuff, but there wasn't really hardship you know like i I still got to be a physician I know here. You, the you worst know. thing is that i had i just
1: I had to do residency I again oh right, okay. you know you, right. I mean, even, even to get to residency, you had to like study the boards and do step you know one two and three in english yeah and, i mean even that most international um you know medical students or people in medicine regret, you know, that yeah. block them because it just to just to do those those boards are like is a tremendous feat to get get through that much less batch at a residency um because we all know that there is you know international students are, are looked at differently obviously than than domestic and for whatever reason and you got into a residency and you completed a residency like you've already trained fifty million years to get to where you were and that and you, you weren't even doing P M and R you were doing something completely different. <laughs> like. Well but here's the thing though. I like to be, so first of all woman I told you if people
2: tell me I don't think you can do that, they was like oh hell I can so that was, you know, the whole thing was like, well, um, what if that doesn't work out? Fine. You know, if I'm in a good relationship and my child is happy and I can work, can I see myself working with something else if I'm not a physician in the States? I was like, sure, I think I can. So that's fine. And then in the beginning, like when I first heard that I was going to have to do everything again, including internship. I wasn't very happy, but honestly, especially being in a country that accommodates FMGs from all over, because the U.S. does, you know, like some other countries are way harder. Even Brazil is harder to accept foreign graduates. Um, You have to do it again. There are way too many differences. It's not so much the technical part of it or... You know, yeah, the language. I know I have an accent and blah blah blah. But um I think it's even the cultural stuff, you know, like in Brazil you go and you greet your patients, it's a first name basis, you give the two kisses in the cheek like everybody else. Here is way more formal. So I can only imagine like my Brazilian self coming here and kissing like, you know, Hey, hi <laughs> Like, Oh my god, they're gonna fly away. So I think it's um looking back, I, I really as soon as residency started and stuff I was like, Oh yeah, I know I complain, but I I really, um, I needed this. And I am very lucky, Or I feel like I'm a very lucky person in general, like in life. You know, like even for, we tell them all the time too, like my children like, you're so lucky to be a person because the odds of you existing were very, very small because <laughs> it was just, you know, like what are the chances? Someone was going to quit on a course and then Ryan was going to take the same course and I was going to be there. And then you end up saying yes to this crazy, it is crazy crazy i had friends at work and i had two of my best friends doing an intervention and they took me out for lunch and saying we want you to reconsider you barely know this guy it's a distance relationship you're going to live your wonderful life here and your child don't do it <laughs> right. I, like even for your level of crazy this is a bit too much So I, you know, I I don't see as hardship. I really feel like, oh my gosh. And I look back, it was like, holy crap. Did this all happen? This is so cool. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's right. Maybe I am crazy. Does that mean I'm crazy? Maybe I'm crazy. crazy. (laughs) Um,
1: You are an optimist. You are grateful for all the things, blessings in your life. And you see those things first. And I can tell that, um, I don't know, you have such a positive energy and everyone listening right now is being so inspired by your story and your attitude. And, you know, that's what we're all about. We want to hear uplifting stories so we can all put one foot in front of the other um, like we do every day. So thank you. That's amazing. Um, When your husband left to be deployed too. I mean, how was that? How do you take care? Of a child, a seven-year-old child, while you're pregnant, <laughs> yeah. while you're in residency, or where, I don't know what you were doing, but that no. I don't am so yeah. not computing anything that you <laughs> just said.
2: Okay, so I'm going to tell you this because it's a funny story too. So um, Ryan, like when he was choosing the places that you know he would like to go, ultimately it's a big match thing too to go to his next military assignment. And he chose Atlanta because. His brother was in Atlanta, and it was because, quote, one of the last deployable places, because exactly for what you're saying, like, you know, hey, I'm bringing you here, and there's Louise, like, I don't want to leave, you know, if I have to be deployed, at will, but I don't want to, you know, go to a place that I normally not to deploy for sure, and you'll be alone for a long time, because, and at that time, like, I didn't even have a green, we were applying for a green card, so you're in this limbo situation that you lose your tourist visa, but... So you can't leave the country. You cannot do anything. You cannot get a job. You can't do anything because they are still going through the process of your application. So um, unfortunately, Ryan is not the luckiest. If I have a black cloud person, the guy who was deployed, the physician who was deployed with the Marines at a specific location was diagnosed with some type of cancer as soon as he got there. So he had to be sent back. The backup person was pregnant. So Ryan was like the third in line and he had to go. So, but the funny thing is that, you know, here I am living a great life in Atlanta, thinking that, like, oh, great, we are going to apply for residency next year. I'm so excited. I was just with Louisa and studying for one of the gazillion steps. I don't even remember which one it was. And I wasn't pregnant yet. So what happened was I had a very shitty car that I paid cash when I first got here and he got in a frenzy in one week that we need a new car. No, you need to get a new car. 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 So we got the damn car. And then he's like, we're going to celebrate at a bar for the new car. We dropped Louis off at my my now brother-in-law's um, house. And then he's like, look, the reason why I wanted to get a new car is because I just got called earlier this week. I'm going to be deployed in X amount of weeks and months from now. And, uh, you need a new car because, you know, your car was just really shitty and not safe. I'll be gone for eight months. I have to leave a little bit before for some training in other places. And I would like to have a child before the <laughs> point. And that's why she got planned. That's why she was planned because I'm like, oh, okay. How many, how many hours do we have to provide a child to the world? So he did get, you know, it, it was, um, he had to leave. And I think it was actually harder for him, of course, than for us um, to just stay. Um, his brother really was two miles away and his brother was phenomenal. Like he really was there for us all the time. The one thing that happened to us that, you know, to me personally, that I can tell you that it was like one of those moments like, oh, shit, what am I doing? I'm going to pack my bags and leave was that I had my interview for the green card and I went there with the Navy lawyer and I had all the pictures and all the letters and all the things you're supposed to do. Um, And basically they turned me around and I was super pregnant and they basically said, where's your husband? He's sponsoring your green card. And I said, well, he's deployed. He's in Iraq. Like I have, you know, there's one lawyer is here and all this stuff. And I said, well, you're going to be on hold. You have to come back when he comes back. And I asked, "Uh, what if he doesn't come back? Like well, good luck to you, huh? Go and just got us out. I was like, what the? I know. So that was the only like in terms of like things that were hard and stuff like that. And then the other thing again, I think was harder for him than for us was that we knew that Yuzu was going to be born and he wasn't going to be back yet. So he was still going to be in Iraq when she was born. so basically, he was on the phone with me for the whole seven whatever hours that it took for that child to get out, um, and and that was, you know, the only thing that I can tell that it was like, oh, my, my parents were here, his brother was there, um, Louisa was so excited to finally have a sibling because she wanted a sibling so badly, so I, I still had a lot of people around, they're not in the room, and I was pushing that huge, humongous baby, but um, they were all here, and, you know, it just... I don't know. It, it's, it's just so that was the one thing like I got actually when he first came back home and, you know, he's first see you first see your child and your child's like two or three weeks old already. It's like, oh, yeah, it is not. It, it is not yeah. to you. I forgot. <laughs> like, I'm kind of tired of her already. But yeah, you haven't met her yet.
1: That's Aww. right. <laughs> but yeah. Was that sad, was that sad yeah. for you or you really feel like the worst part about it was that it was upsetting for your husband?
2: I think for him, especially being the first one, you know, for him to not be here, we knew, it was pretty clear that, um, so my due date I think was, I, I got induced like 10 days past my due date. As I mentioned, Dr. Leo Bidouyan, I hate being pregnant. So I was like, this child needs to get out. Like, he wasn't going to be back here until probably like three weeks after the due date. And they're like, no, we're <laughs> yeah. not going to. No, 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 to wait three weeks.
1: After
2: <laughs> oh no Wait, yep. 10 days an hour is already like are you kidding me there is a due yeah. date ten for every reason is actually
1: pretty um ge- <laughs> not generous but that you know a lot of people wouldn't wait that that amount of time i i actually do um but um but yeah 10 10 days yeah, you're ready let's have a baby already so uh. Yeah.
2: Oh, we chose. I love my OB at the time in Atlanta. And um, we just chose the day that yeah. he was on oh, call. Totally. You know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. like, okay, we'll just plan and do it. Yeah. But the funny thing is that initially they had this thing that um, they gave him the day off and he had the opportunity to have like a camera and stuff set up so he could like watch the delivery and stuff. And then a week before he gave up and said, no, I don't even want to do that. I just want to be on the phone. So when that happened, it just hit me and was like, you know, we're going to have a video and all this family in the room and stuff. And he's right. Like, this is not technically how it's supposed or, you know, ideal how it's supposed to be the birth. And I think I want to be alone, too. So I had a plan, like, to just kick everybody out of the room and lock the door so they wouldn't <laughs> come in. And it was just the two of us. And, you know, I mean, he was on the phone. Um, but it was just, I don't know. I chose to be alone for that birth and he was alone, um, over there. And, uh, it's just, you know, it's just one of those, it's just like right now, it's just a neat story. It's one of other, Oh,
1: did that really happen? Yeah, it did. Huh? Okay. I mean, (laughs) you are so strong. It really reminds me of when we, we had a week in New York city where, um, partners were not allowed in the um labor and delivery rooms like so they're like they because we're at the peak of covid and um you know then the the governor like changed the decision a week later so there was one week where there were no partners and so we did a lot of FaceTime and we did a lot of phone calls and some other things um but yeah women are super strong when they have to be you know and it's um it's just amazing. I got to see a lot of amazing, you know, strong women that week. So um, kudos to you. Oh, but come on.
2: You got to take some credit, too, because I'm sure that, you know, you and your team and everybody, you probably, you guys probably surrounded those women. With, we tried to. You know what I mean? Yeah, we really did. Feel. And
1: I actually, um, the stories actually afterwards, I always say, there were women and especially women with, uh, with, older children or families, let's say, that they just made a decision uh-huh. to have women labor by themselves so their husband could be home with their child. Because at that point, yeah. there was no one to take care of that child. They didn't want to ask their elderly parents to come out from their homes because coronavirus was like oh, yeah. literally like rampant all over New York City. People were just dying left and right. And so they really didn't want to, um, you know, endanger anyone else. So a lot of women just had their babies by themselves during that whole month, um, by choice. And, you know, it's, it was, you know, it was an ideal, just like your situation was an ideal. Um, but, um, you know, we tried to make it as special and support people as much as possible. But, um oh that's an amazing story i i bet he got to really enjoy his uh, the other children's births then
2: i think so so i'll tell you this i hate being pregnant but i'm a bitch by saying that because i have healthy pregnancies that i hate it (laughs) i love (laughs) deliveries like i think if i push i don't know i do not know what contractions are i do not know what they feel like i feel nothing I get epidurals because I feel like I need to support the anesthesiologist (laughs) since I'm married to one. And it is so fast, and it's so cool, and I love it so much. Like, the day of the birth, I'm already like, yay, I'm going to get rid of this. So he was in the other two. And then, um, one, he was actually on call because we were in residency, and then he just stayed. Um, And it was funny because he's like, you're joking. You're not even in labor. And I was like, dude, Seriously, I'm gonna kick you out. Like <laughs> you- <laughs> Shut up. So but no, he got he got to stay for the other two and I know there was um he's not like a very emotional or touchy touchy feely guy, but I know that he was those are very special. Um Moments for him and stuff like that. So I'm glad that you only have to keep having kids,
1: and then then you get having different experiences. You sound like a true like runner in a race where the race like sucks like crazy, but like you get to the finish line, you're like, yes, the last hundred yards are like so awesome. You get so excited when you just see the end. You're like, I'm really good at this. I finish really well.
2: Exactly, exactly what it is, yeah. Because I I do that too. Even if I'm walking right before, it's like, ah, oh, it's in the finish line, yeah, and all the cheering and
1: get the baby, amazing. Oh God, yes, yes.
0: Well, oh I just God. want
1: to thank you for hanging out with us. It's been a whole hour. I literally feel like I could be on the phone all day long if you let me, <laughs> but. It's-
2: Oh my gosh. What? So yeah. I have a question. So I'm still catching yeah. up with the prior podcasts and stuff. Where is your podcast? Where? Like is my who head- interviewed you so and So My when?
1: podcast is a secret special podcast. It was like Thanksgiving of last year, and Andrea okay. Higman, um, Higman did it. Um, and it's somewhere in the first season, somewhere in the middle of the okay. first season. But it's there. It says it's like, special mystery guest so look in the first season and there's a special mystery guest I wasn't a yeah enthusiastic (laughs) I was like no I don't want to do one but she just um we set it up and we did it and um yeah it was really that is really fun so yeah get caught up there's so many fantastic amazing stories I uh, know
2: I I have to I'm almost like I have to do the end of the first season and stuff it is really awesome and i i really want to say thank you for what you do because you are amazingly crazy busy it's a a physician house with three kids three four kids same difference okay so i know you're super busy and to have the time and you know the the vulnerability and willingness to just do this and put yourself out there and um, it it just brings me a lot of joy to listen to the podcast. I feel like I'm a little bit going to be like a creepy person when I meet people because I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know how you got married. Oh, I know who your husband yeah, is. Ah. So, But I really, really appreciate, just like I appreciate this group so much. Um, it's been a very difficult year, you know, in, in all different levels. But I think that this is a great community and so much has from it aside from running and I personally have learned and I'm still learning so much so much more than running and um, just being part of an incredible group of badass women that mother run will change the world or raise humans that will change the world so thank you Laura
1: thank you thank you thank you I mean just to echo you as we start sort of our new chapter in this this group I was thinking about the podcast and, you know, what this space really is for is to listen to each other, like really listen, like to be quiet and to listen to people who have not been listened to before. And I think that what has been on my heart for the last, you know, you know, little bit, especially the last six months, last year. And like you so- are on a journey um, where everyone, day i'm like growing and learning and um you know i have been blessed with this tiny little platform and it's it's a nice little analogy like where people are listening to our voices right now as we speak patricia so like that's what we want to do in this space we want to listen we want to help people feel like they are truly embraced and listened to and that's um i don't know that that is something that is my hope that everyone feels like we are listening we're supporting um to especially people who have not been historically listened to before and i really want to um amplify their voices so thank you patricia for being on this first like Empower, empower um podcast or, you know, a transition to, and um, I really appreciate your time. You are um, amazing and busy and your, your story is so inspiring. And, um, you know, we'll use that and take that and turn that into something beautiful and into our runs and into our lives and into our careers and all the things that we do. So thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Laura. It was so nice. I hope I got to meet you yes, I one hope day. So. Like, I'll go to New York yeah, to one run day, one day. That's one day in the bucket list. Yeah.
1: again. So, all right. <laughs> Take care. Have a Bye. Bye.
0: Well, there you have it, my friends. That was my conversation with Patricia. Uh, Patricia, thank you so much for jumping on with me. You are amazing, you're inspiring, your positivity is um, infectious. Um, I cannot believe all that you've been through and still yet um, have a smile on your face and um, you remained so gracious and full of gratitude for all the things um, in your life. And I think that is a amazing example we should all follow and think about the things that are going well in our lives as well um if any of you has a story or a friend or you yourself want to tell your story reach out to me i would love to find people who want to be heard who may you know either run a sexier pace than some others or um, a person, a woman, a physician of color who has a, um, interesting story or, um, you never know who you may be touching by telling your story. And, um, I know it takes a little bit, um, to be vulnerable and, um, get on a podcast, but, um, it's amongst friends. And so if you would love to tell your story, um, reach out to me, um, until then guys, happy running. Bye.